out at this point because I already hit go. <laughs> Does not that surprise sound? me at all. Welcome to Practical Shooting After Dark. My name is Ben. We're here to talk about shooting. On deck tonight, Mr. Kim. Hello. Mr. Park. Hello. Oh, look at that. Or two, two, two little peas in a pod, you guys. Two Korean brothers. I was just following yes. Kim's lead. Yes. So you guys, <laughs> you guys are here to say nice stuff, and then I'll, I'll come in with the, uh, the off-color remarks occasionally. All right. Well, you guys know the deal. Everybody comes here with a topic or a thing to talk about, and tonight is no different. So uh, let's get started. Who'd like to go first? I want to hear what Kim has to say. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit boring. All oh, right, no. fuck that then. I got something. Yeah. I got a real cracker to start with. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have a cracker, but I got a show and tell. Okay. I'm holding in my hands a book with art on it that is like a, a guy's brain. It's called "The Game Within the Game: Mastering the Steel Challenge Mental Game." Uh, oh. So, yeah. Well, I think I just have an early copy of Ken Verderami's uh, new book because he's he's a friend of mine. Hey, you guys know who that is, right? Sorry, I do not. I don't. It's okay if you don't. Still shoot banners is Ken. Oh, okay. I'm familiar. Yeah, so, so that's him, and he's uh, he's got a steel challenge book out, and then this is just a shooting mental game book. And like I said, he's a friend of mine. He sent me a copy of this, had me had me go through it, and uh, I'll tell you what it is. So it is a mental game book for practical shooting. It is not very long. It is not very thick. I, would, uh, I wouldn't I would say it's condensed. It covers the topic, I would say, to my satisfaction, but it's like 70 pages long in eight and a half by 11 format. So it's not it's not a huge book. It's really small. It covers a thing, but uh, I would say there's no like woo-woo uh, sort of uh, mystic nonsense in it. It's, it's uh, practical and actionable kind of the way that uh, Joel and I would write it if we were doing match mentality. You know what I'm saying? Well, I already have my Amazon app open. Can I buy it yet or no? I think you can. It is for sale. And uh, yeah. Uh, What's it called? Yes, it is. Sorry. What's that? What's it called? The game within the game, mastering the steel challenge mental game. Okay. Sorry. Continue. Yes. So, uh, well, there, there isn't a ton to say about it aside from what it basically is and what's in it. Uh, and I would say what I liked about it is that it's, it comes at it from the angle that speaks to me personally, as if, if you know, if you've read, read, uh, if you've read our stuff, like, uh, I don't, I, I need stuff that's concrete and this book deals with concrete stuff, but focusing on the process, I mean, that, that's repeated in here, having a process driven, uh, mental game, um, rehearsing the steps, you know, overcoming limitations, all of that stuff. It, it has, it has kind of what you need for mental game. And if that's something you're interested in, this book would be interesting to pick up. I have no idea the price point. Uh, thank Let's you. Your them. order has been placed. I've already got one on the way. Okay. Uh, I don't really pay attention pay to how it, much. Joel? I don't really know. I just hit. I know. Buy this. So sorry. <laughs> well, it was uh, 20 bucks, 1995. All right. Well, there it is. So, the game within the game. That is that is something that if that's if that's something that's interesting to you, there it is. It 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 would be something to take a look at. I don't uh, I don't feel it was an unproductive use of my time to to read it. Let me put it that way. I like reading everyone's stuff anyway. I'm just you know, that's I, my that's like, my mentality. Like, I read everything. Yeah, I like you guys. I like shooting. I like I'm interested in talking about shooting. So I'm curious what people have to say. Man. I, here I am. I have to like send out spies to people's classes for me to find out what's going on and read everybody's stuff. It's hard work. 
Ben, would you say the mental stuff from Steel Challenge, would you say they're very transferable to USPSA? Uh, well, I, I should say that this book's not written, it, it references Steel Challenge a lot, but it's not written in a way that would preclude anything else. Like you would, you would hardly know that it's for Steel Challenge if you were reading it as a USPSA person. There's some stuff about like target strategy on the stages, just like kind of mentioning it in brief, but there's not, there's not technical Steel Challenge stuff in it really. It's not really about that. It's just, okay. it's like your mental process, like how you perceive yourself, what what stuff you allow in your brain as far as inputs from the outside world, that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, like I said, it's, it's the sort of concrete, uh, actionable writing style uh, that I like. That, that, it's, it's the stuff that I use and the stuff that speaks to me. So there it is. Sold. Sold. Yeah. So I hit, I hit a buy now button on my phone. And then someone will drive it to me in a truck and drop it off my front door. So that sounds okay. Do what makes you happy, Joel. Yeah. All right, Kim, what's that boring shit you okay. wanted to talk about? Yes. So uh, I have multiple CO guns now. I have five that are running. Is this about your video you put up? Yes, but not directly uh, information coming from the video, though. It's not okay. super related. So I wanted to talk about the mounting system and a little bit of maintenance tip that I gathered over Wait, the years. Wait, hold on a second. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me you made an in-depth, what was it, 15 minute long yes. carry optics gun review yes. where you're showing all of the relevant options in recoil, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. describing the pros and cons of each gun. Yes. And you made a condensed review video that you've posted on training group today as we record this. Yes, that and was And you don't rough. want to talk about this. You want to talk about mounting dots on the guns. Yes, it's a little right. bit different. Cool. Sign me so, up. Yes, the video was basically. <laughs> Obviously, you should go gun. watch the video if you're a training group member yes. because it's a very interesting video. Yes, which one? Let's talk the about the most CO boring gun. part of it, though. Let's do that. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, CEO gun right now, there's people, a lot of people going with uh, direct mount. Basically, they mill out the slide to fit the optic on a production gun. Mm -hmm. Or people use optic ready gun, typically with a. Uh, mount on it so separate mm -hmm. sheet of metal in between the optic and then the last one is the dovetail mount so you shoot production gun you take the rear side out you put a mount on your rear side socket so i've i have all the system over here and first before uh i would go into my favorite i asked a lot of people like people shooting with different systems and the optic, especially Trigicon SRO, is hardly seeing anybody breaking it, but the stuff that broke is either out of the box or people who use direct mount system and other optics too, typically. And by, and by out of the box, oh, I mean yeah. it's a defect when they produced it. So we yes. haven't seen a lot of broken ones, but we are seeing a few defective ones. Correct. Okay. And then direct mount, to be clear, you're talking about bolting an optic directly to the the well, slide be, with nothing be milling the slide yes. and bolting that hoe in there i think yes so if you mill the slide it's dedicated to that one certain optic footprint mm -hmm. so people who are doing that uh tend to break earlier or like sro i don't have anything break but then direct mount somebody broke with a direct mount so i don't personally recommend uh, it's either with a mount on the top so you have a sheet metal in between the optic and the gun slide. So supposedly that should like that's gonna absorb some recoil force, whatever reason. 
that's supposed to last a little longer. Uh, so that's how I've been running it. Uh, one thing about direct mount is I like it compared to the dovetail mount. The offset from the bore axis is just too big. So direct mount actually gives a better least offset on a close distance. When you shoot a headshot with the optic, you will shoot really low. And if you use dovetail because mount, the height over gonna, bore, correct? Yes, it's going to okay. be a lot lower. The offset is mm -hmm. just too great with the uh, dovetail mount. So mm -hmm. if you don't want to like risk spending a lot of money or breaking the optic by going with a direct mount with your production gun because you don't want to buy optic ready gun whatever reason then my recommendation is go with the dovetail mount because it's just cheapest option and it doesn't supposed to break the optic very quickly either and now you can just swap out rear sight and stuff like that and uh, one thing i learned over the time of using a this particular optic that i broke now nine times I don't use that anymore as a... That's the one you posted on Instagram yes. today, I believe. I just okay. did, yes. That optic... Uh, so if you have any trouble with the optic, especially with the carry optics gun, reciprocating with the optic on top will hammer, you know, damage your optic really fast. So one thing that I did to increase the lifetime is actually this thing. It's called uh, dielectric grease. If you okay. put this, it's very cheap. It's from Amazon. And if you just rub it around your battery, it's supposed to have a better contact. And one of the biggest problem with a carry optics gun is when it reciprocates, the battery contact plate or whatever battery contacting system can get, go out of place or break in place. And that grease will definitely help last a little bit longer, but it's not a solution for fix. But this really actually helped me with the practice gun when I ran it. It was like five, seven thousand. The optic will break. But if I use this, sometimes it lasts a little bit longer. Or actually, sometimes instead of the optic just going like turn off in recoil, mm -hmm. this can actually make it flicker in recoil. So it's less worse uh, situation there. So At that least you can use the gun. Yes, at least you will hope if you shake it around, you may come back highly likely because of the grease making it better contact. And then the last one is I have this lens cleaner. Uh, it's like a fog anti and also anti-static uh, stuff like that. So it really helps in the rainy situation. It's kind of like the one you put it on your windshield in your car. Like so the when Rinex the stuff. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So I put that on the optic window. And that really helps to like anti-fog in a rain situation. And definitely anybody who has optic, they got to have either shower cap or the optic cover for the rain situation. So those things are what I learned from using the optic that always broke like nine <laughs> times. Come on. <laughs> I talked to engineer there and they were denying the situation. So I don't think the company is willing to fix or anything like that. So. But was that an engineer or was it a marketing person? Who was at the shot show? Uh, uh, yeah, marketing that person. Been, that might have actually, well, it might have been an engineer. That's the sad oh. part. <laughs> but there's now way more reliable optics out there. So that's good. Yeah. But also realize if you're shooting like 5,000 or 7,000 rounds before they break, like that's a lifetime of ammo. 
probably for their average consumer. So that's true. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Kim. And just to make the point, training group members should go watch or should have already watched the uh, carry optics gun review that you made. Cause I was like, God damn, that's a, that's a meaty piece of content there, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm in my, in my studio space recording me just like standing there dry firing and you're doing like actual work. <laughs> well done. Well, you got smart stuff to say. Yes. Yes. All right, Joe, what do you got? Uh, so I will talk about our, Ben, you can help me out here a little bit. Our YouTube channel we started. Oh, help. You are not very helpful. You're right. I agree with your point. Uh, it's called Practical Shooting Explained. And so I think that maybe the misconception that some people have, like watching this would be who it's for. And so really the, the goal is Ben and I explaining practical shooting in a way that if one of your friends is thinking about getting into practical shooting, they don't shoot now or somebody interested. It's a, it's a person that's non, not serious about shooting USPSA. Is that a fair way of saying it, Ben? No, not really. All right. How do you want to say it better? I like the, the practical shooting explained is a like we're trying to take information out of practical shooting. Like notice we're not even saying USPSA. We're saying practical shooting like this whole like style or discipline, not just USPSA itself, but export information out of that to other people that shoot. But I don't care if they ever shoot a USPSA match. We're not trying to get them to do that. I don't go fuck if they do that. Mm-hmm. Like those aren't those aren't our people. Like most people, most gun owners will never shoot a USPSA match. They just won't. Which is, I mean, say what you want about that, but like we're not trying to get them to do that. We're trying to say like, hey, let's have Mr. Kim on this channel to explain to us about these optics, so that when you go buy one, you can get a better one. Because you want to talk to the guys that actually shoot the shit out of the uh, out of the guns. Or whatever else. So we recorded a, a stock two review, which will go up. It'll probably already be live on that channel. And that's wow. like, that's not a, they ship me a gun. I shoot 500 rounds through it. And then I give it a blow job for a magazine. That's not like a review. Like instead it's like we use, we use the product, use them hard, break them, shoot them in matches over a court, like over a long period of time and then give a actual like actionable review like, hey, this is what to expect from this product, and this is who this is for, and this is who this is not for. It's that kind of thing. So it's taking the lessons that we've learned and shipping that out. So yeah. I think that's a that's a good angle. It's a good way to go. Oh, I like it. Yeah, so it's uh, – we appreciate the engagement, but we're not going to have a video explaining how to decide if it's a higher or low hit factor stage. That's yeah, kind of – oh that's not God. the direction the channel's going. <laughs> it's not going that but, way. No. no, but it is maybe like, hey, why, why, uh, or I have a, a video in the, in the works. It'll be like, what is a timer? Like, why do you, like, you see this guy running around behind you shooting. What's the, the fat box. guy doing with the yeah. blue box? What's like, that about? What is it? What does it do? <laughs> why is it interesting? And so it's made to be informative more than, uh, a, like a, a supplement for training group, I suppose, is a way of saying it. It's, 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 uh, it's informative, hopefully. Uh, yeah. But it's not, if you're listening to this show, that channel's not for you. Like, I'll be Correct. honest. It's no, like, we appreciate you. you subscribing to it. If you want to watch yeah. it, that's cool. It's but maybe just, for, some, for some of your friends, but it's probably yeah. not for you. No, I just, like, yeah. So I didn't want you to think we're just ignoring your comments, but, like, a high or a low hit factor stage or, I don't know, some other, like, So nonsense. now you're explaining, that's, we're not just ignoring your comments. We're reading it and then discarding it. We're reading it and then discarding it, yes. Yes, okay. We're not actually, we're not just ignoring it. 
No, or reading it and then ignoring it. Isn't that, <laughs> okay. isn't that better? Makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> okay, that's it. The end. That's it. I, well, surprisingly, shooting explained. We're like we're taking taking YouTube by storm. Not really. It's got like four hundred subscribers, Joel. Well, that's great. Whatever. I don't think. But are you creatively fulfilled? That's what I need to know. Oh, uh, it's enjoyable. I like it. It's fun. Well, that's no, like, well, like I stumbled across Ben's material because I'm just googling like, hey, I, what are drills? How do I grip a pistol? What is, what is practical shooting? Whatever, and then, you know, you just stumble across this stuff. So. Hopefully it's uh, entertainment and helpful for some people. And yeah. maybe they want to try practical shooting and maybe they don't. That's okay either way. Yeah, fair enough. All right, let's do a question, guys. Does that sound good? Yep. Sounds incredible. All right, I'm going to distill this down um, to – because it's a long question. I'm going to distill it down. What is the best mental approach if you're unfortunate enough to be down considerably in the first few stages of a long match? And what's the best way to make sure that you uh, you uh, you can start off cold just as strong as you would finish? Thanks. It's kind of a generic. Like, let's take the first part uh, first. So, I mean, actually, we could ignore the second part because that's just about cold stage performance. But what do you do if you're behind, if you feel behind the first couple stages of a long match? Mr. Kim. Yes. I came you're, up with you're a strategy the... expert. You have yes. a whole algorithm about this. Of course. But so, like what's the what's the core? What's the what do you do when you're down? Yeah, the the short story is as soon as I sign my score for the current stage I shot, uh of course I load my max immediately and I just look at the next stage right away. So like, I'm hearing could, you do nothing. Yes, my I drive my focus for the next stage. I kind of forget about the previous stage performance. Of course, the score is not ignoring part, but the performance, like, oh, I, I fucked my reload, or I'm, I'm upset. Those kind of thoughts <laughs> will come up. No matter who you are, those thoughts will come up, but the, the way you can kind of forget that is to occupy your mind for the next step. So I immediately uh, visualize the next stage, or I actually go to that stage. If there's a swinger, I look at it, and come back and start pasting and thinking about the next stage, visualizing things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree with I, that completely. I, I let me. I, I'll put it to you like this: So if you go to nationals mm -hmm. and you're on the super squad, which means um, you could actually know the scores. So I suppose this has kind of changed now. But back when they had super squads at nationals, that they made everybody be on if they had a chance to win the match. Um, yeah. You would know your. You would actually know where you were standing relative to the people you're shooting against. Um, this is not the situation in most long matches now, is it? I would say. I mean, that's just that just doesn't happen here. Even if you're shooting an area match over two days, it's unlikely that you're going to have everybody on your squad shooting the same stages at the same times as you. So you would even know your score relative mm -hmm. to theirs. So usually, if you have like a rough first couple stages. This being behind thing, it's a feeling of being behind, right? You're really combating your own feelings. Um, and really, like like you said, Mr. Kim, there's not really a whole lot you can do about that, is there? That's I mean, you, you can make it worse, but you're not going to make it better by dwelling on what just happened. And the other thing I should say is after the first stage of nationals, you can only have one guy in the lead of the match. 
And it's probably not going to be the guy who wins the match. Like, just statistically, the guy leading the match after one stage, it's not the guy who's going to win. I've seen uh, nationals where it's like after, like, two and a half days, the guy that will ultimately win the match still is not in the lead and has at no point been in the lead. They're just kind of hanging back. So you shouldn't be too judgmental about scores early on, and you should not get fixated on just a couple stages. Most people do not do well relatively on their first couple stages, especially when they really care about the match. So there's there's no cause for alarm, I don't think. I mean, a lot of this is like uh, expectation dependent. Like when I'm starting a long match, my first few stages, I'm like, I'm just going to shoot the stages like, okay. I'm not in there like chomping at the bit that I didn't win those stages. I, I wasn't planning on it. I wasn't even trying. I was just shooting the stages to not have a not have a disaster, you know. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this goes to the like, what your mentality is as a competitor. But I would say for me, I'm very patient, and I like have trained myself to be very patient. So I'm not I'm not expecting to make anything happen in the first couple stages. So. Yeah. It, it, is a, it is a question of your expectations and what you're trying to accomplish. If you go to a big match to dominate every stage at every level of the competition and to destroy everybody um, by a lot, uh, that'll work pretty well until you get to guys that you, you, you aren't dominant over. And then you have to actually, like, compete, you know? And you have to, like, you know, Unless there's careful. a big disparity of skill, exactly. Yeah, if there's a big disparity of skill, it's not really much of a competition, is it? Correct. Yeah, it doesn't really matter though. I think the the you know getting out of the you know beating themselves up kind of uh, depends on the characteristics and kind of like the lifestyle too and in practice how they practice. So yes. I used to beat myself up, criticize a lot, but then uh, at one point I was just thinking, uh, stop criticizing, just analyze it, and then act accordingly. That happened a lot in practice, and that started changing at matches too. Just keep thinking, no criticism, no criticism, but just analyzing it really helped me. Yeah. Uh, I'd say the guy I know that has the, the best, like, long view of big matches is Gaston. Like, he he looks at the whole match only through the lens of, like, as a long match. He doesn't, he doesn't get down the rabbit hole of looking at it stage by stage. He's looking at the bigger picture always. Which uh, I learned a lot from him uh, when I started hanging around with him about how to how to view a big match like that. So yeah, like you guys said, not compounding your problems because if you have one bad stage, yeah, like you're only going like, to make it worse. Yeah, like I'm just going to go hard and try to make up that ground, and you only end up losing more, which is just a no-win situation. And then the other thing I've experienced is maybe you start on a stage that is not very easy, and you're really angry because I'm like, man, I had a miss or I had a, a penalty, whatever. I'm like, oh that really sucks that's not the way i want to start the match but it was starting on a very very difficult stage that maybe the competitors haven't got to yet so like hey if the if the stage is difficult everyone's gonna have to shoot that difficult stage maybe you just did it first that's something else to be thinking about yeah and also again having a different perspective where if you look at anybody's match summary even go click on the guy like what nationals was there just limb 10 nationals i haven't even looked at the results in detail like so, this is not to shit on anybody, but uh, I'll. I'll sh- so I mean, if I look at the match winner's score, I don't even know Lim Ten was over. Oh, I guess I think I did. So yeah, then- I'll click on I'll click on single stack. So the, old Rob Latham won won the match. I'll click on his and look at this. As I go through here, there's a couple stages I see that I'm sure he wants back. 
like for sure. But you know what? That's true of pretty much any match summary you look at at a big match at that level. You're going to click on the guy winning the match, and he'll be like, oh, I bet he wants those couple stages back. And that always is the situation. Mm-hmm. Always. So, I mean, again, having some perspective, you're like, if you're like, okay, I just had, I had one of those stages on like my fourth stage of the match. Okay. Like most other, if like, like you, you kind of tend to assume that everyone you're shooting against is having a perfect match, which mm-hmm. is almost never the case. And if they have a perfect match, you're fucked anyway. So that's really nothing you can worry about. Totally. Yeah. But uh, I guess all the all that I'm talking about, the advice I would give is, is always to like have perspective, manage expectations and have perspective. If you even approach it with the mentality that you're like you're behind after just a couple stages and that you need to do something to catch up while well, you're you're probably going to create to create some mistakes for yourself. Yeah, uh, I think okay. I had a very my view is very skewed. I would think about my my B class days. There was a day where uh, there was a stage that was not not suited to my strength, and I remember almost zeroing it. It was not good, and then I ended up still winning my my class, and it was just like, hey, I guess everybody else in B class had a tough time. Also, it's like like what you're saying. Like I thought I was gonna shoot a perfect match in B class, and it's like, nope. Everybody else in B class had difficulties also. So, yeah, like regardless of the skill level, it's not just at the top. It's the you know like the middle of the pack also. Like yeah. no one's having a perfect match, so just relax. Don't do anything else stupid, and just like don't make it worse. I agree. Yeah. Well, with that, guys, it's another bang up podcast. So, listeners, if you have a question you'd like the answer to, go to bensinger.com. Thank you, Mr. Park, Mr. Kim, for joining me tonight. I did enjoy it. Oh, thank you for having us. Well, yes, you're welcome. I guess Mr. Kim is welcome too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>